Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Uh, my name is Danny Rivers, if you're a guest with us, and I'm one of the pastors around here at LifePoint, and we are so glad you're here. We've never done a Big Wednesday before. We may do a couple of these a year. We may do a thousand. I don't know what we're going to do, but we just, not a thousand. That'd be hard. Um, for a day. Um, uh, but we're so glad you're here. Uh, hopefully you got some good food. If you didn't, I think, I think, I believe they're still going to be there afterwards. Yeah, you can grab some of that on the way out. Uh, Benji's, uh, their truck is so good. Good grub out there. And uh, again, we're so glad you're here. Hey, a couple things real quick. This Sunday, you, you, in case you couldn't hear Bella. How, Bella, where's Bella at? Bella, are you in the room? Bella? Yeah. Thank you, Bella, for doing that. Uh, I couldn't hear up here because none of the speakers are pointing this way. Uh, hope, but if you couldn't hear it, this Sunday, it, this is Memorial Day weekend, and so we let, we let the kids come in the room with us. We call this family friendly. Uh, we'll make sure that everything is good for them as well. And the little ones, I think it's zero to four. I should know all these things, but uh, I don't. I think it's zero to four hangs out up there so that you, those of you with zero to four kids will be like, I'm not even coming if I got to hold them in my lap the whole time. You can leave them up there, but the rest of them are going to be in here. It's going to be fun. And then uh, we'll be doing baptisms this Sunday, um, whether you're signed up or not, if that's the next right step for you. Uh, we just think it's one of the great decisions that you could ever make in your life. As a matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, you'll find that anytime somebody had a, an aha moment about Jesus, somebody gave their life, they put their trust, their faith in Jesus, the first thing that they generally did was go get baptized. That's just what happened. They just got water baptized. Go read the book of Acts. That's just what ha that happened before the book of Acts. People got water baptized, and it's a command of Jesus. And so we take it really serious around here, and we love to celebrate that moment with people. And we will have shorts and T-shirts and towels and flip-flops, whatever you need. Um, we'll be ready for you. And if you want more information about that, go by Next Step Central on the way out tonight, and they'll be happy to get you uh, more information about that. Um, we've been in this series on Sunday, uh, on this last since Easter, called Chain Breaker. And uh, I really felt like, not calling it Chain Breaker tonight, but it's, I, I kind of wanted to run in that same vein. I hope that's all right. Um, and uh, so I'm going to just jump right in. We're going to do a message tonight called Mind Control. Now don't freak out. I'm not going to do any voodoo on you guys tonight. Like, everybody look at the spinning wheel. No, nobody's going to do that. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about how to control your thoughts. How to control your thoughts. The Bible has much to say about the power of our thoughts, our words, and the enemy knows that. Our spiritual enemy knows that, and so that's where his battlefield is, is in our mind. And uh, if you don't know that, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, meaning we don't wrestle against people. It feels like you're wrestling against people, but sometimes, oftentimes, more times probably than we know, we're wrestling against, the Bible says, against principalities and spiritual darkness um, that masks itself in all sorts of ways. And so I'm not going to go creepy on you tonight. Don't get freaked out about that. But I just want you to know there's a real enemy out there. He really does want to disrupt and destroy your life. John 10 says that the thief comes to still kill and destroy, right? That's the mission. But Jesus says, mm, that's okay. I have come so that you might have life and life more abundantly. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Amen, somebody? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have for much of my life uh, had to wrestle with um, my thought life. And before you think that I'm going to take this into a weird way, I'm not. What I mean by that is that I have in various seasons of my life let fearful imaginations, like I'm vi I have a vivid imagination, my mother will tell you this, too vivid for her, her sake, 
Um, but I have used, I've had, I've let the wrong use of my imagination steer me into fearful thinking, uh, negative assumptions about outcomes, about people sometimes, uh, fear, worry, anxious thoughts, guilt, and then just low expectations um, plague my own thought life. Now, these things for me have just sort of wormed their way into my mind throughout my childhood, into my young adulthood, and throughout my life as well. And when, whenever they've had permission by me to sort of run amok in my life, they have wreaked havoc in my life. Now, um, I want to talk to you guys about that tonight because I have a feeling that I'm not alone in this realm. Am I alone in this realm? Okay. Because if not, I'll just like go in the corner and read this to myself, and y'all can go home, right? I, I want to I talk about it because I think I'm not the only one that has ever wrestled with this. So two verses, and then we'll get in. Paul writes, uh, I forgot to put which Corinthians this is. I just, got, I just got Corinthians up here. There's two of them. It's either one or two. That's the only options. Um, Corinthians, I'm just Corinthians 10.5. Yeah, good job, Dan. Um, the, Paul says... We, everybody say we. we. By the way, Wednesday services are, I almost called it first Wednesday. Wednesday services are a little bit different in that we talk in here and people jump around and it's, it's all good. It, it would be good on Sunday too, but most people just sit there and stare at us like we're all like <laughs> tired or I don't know. But y'all aren't tired tonight. And so if you want to say amen, that's, that's cool. Okay. Uh, so we, everybody say we, we. demolish arguments. You can stop now. Just a week. Just a week. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to say every word you say. Just we. We. There we go. There we go. Now me. Demolish arguments and every pretension. You know what a pretense is, right? Something that's not true, but it's masking like it is, right? And you meet people like that all the time, right? And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, um, what we know about God, and also, also what is written about God in the, in the scriptures. And everybody say this next word. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This isn't the message tonight, but I want you to notice that last phrase, that God's will is not scary. He's not going to make you go to Africa. He wouldn't do that to Africa. He's not going to give you like a scary assignment. His, his, his will is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. That's the will of God. All right, so here's the thought for tonight. Our lives are defined by the thoughts we accept or reject. Our lives are defined by the thoughts we accept or reject. I want to give you four keys tonight to controlling your thoughts, to doing mind control. Number one, and they're all started with the, the, the letter R. They have the R, letter R in them. You got to recognize wrong thoughts. Doesn't it just start there like, oh, that's not right. That's not true. That's not noble. That's not pleasing. Recognize wrong thoughts. I don't know about you, but I, um, you probably don't want to know this about me, but I, I find it a lot easier to spot other people's flaws than I do my own. 
You're like, oh, man, I don't want to hang out with that guy now, right? Like, I, I know you guys aren't like this because you're all good Christians and perfect in all ways, and you're, you're self-aware, and you're motivated to find only the good in other people's lives and ignore all the bad stuff. But for me, it's easy sometimes to see what's wrong with other people and miss uh, what's going on in my own life, right? I, I remember one of the first things my parents taught me when I was learning to drive, and I'm teaching my uh, 15-year-old how to drive. Pray for a brother. Anyways, um, my, my mother in particular said, Daniel, don't trust your mirrors alone when you're going to change lanes. Danny, take, she called me Daniel. Daniel, take a quick look over your shoulder. Check your blind spots because you can't always trust what the mirror shows you. There are blind spots that you have to be on the lookout for. Now, she hammered this into me so hard that when I first started driving, it looked like I had a nervous tick. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just constantly jerking my head around ticking backwards. And, and, and see, that the issue with wrong thoughts is that they're not so obvious to us, um, especially if we've had them going on in our lives for a while. I can see them uh, and their effects on you, and you can see them and their effects on me, but I can't always see mine in me, right? That's why they're called blind spots. Negative thinking doesn't always announce itself as it enters my mind, like I'm a negative thought and I'm coming in, here's Johnny, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, some of you are not old enough to know what that means, right? <laughs> I, I can just believe that the way I think, the way I am is reasonable and rational, but the enemy will use rational and reasonable, seemingly reasonable, as a way of convincing you that your thinking is right and good and healthy even, when sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's not. So, and, and here's the other problem with our wrong ideas, our wrong thoughts, that chatter that goes on in our heads, is that they come disguised in your own voice, right? Now, sometimes it's your mother or your dad going, I told you, son, I told you that that was going to happen. See, because parents love to do that. They tell us that when they're 15, we don't believe them. When we're 21, it's like, Daniel, I told you. But most of the time, it's my own voice, my own self-talk, they, the negative opinions, negative thoughts, the bad sort of thoughts that we need to control come through the opinions of other people. They come through reflections on our own past mistakes, um, the shame, the guilt that we might have as a result of those, our present struggles. Like, like it, it'll come through for me sometimes as Daniel, Danny, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You're not experienced enough. You're not blank enough right? You're not good enough to do what God's calling you to. You've made too many mistakes. You've messed up in the past. Um, and what makes you think at, that you are qualified or you have a chance or a future? You are who you are. You can't change the past. It's just the way things are. Stuff like that. That's how mine will work for me. And this stuff over time starts to feel normal to us. And so we miss out on the fact that, that kind of mind monsters, that's the way we called it one time, we did a series called Mind Monsters, have, a, have invaded our thinking. And maybe someone even tries to point them out to us like, bro, I, I don't know that you're thinking right on that. And, 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 and we'll use logic, our, our, our own logic, sometimes faulty, and, and be like, nah, man, I'm just, 
I'm just speaking the truth. I'm, I'm just being, I'm just speaking my truth. I'm, I'm, I'm being real. This is just who I am. But real, but what if your real is negative? What if your real is, uh, is worried and fearful and afraid or hurtful even? What, what if your real, because I'm keeping it real, what if it's wrong? What if your real is actually causing you to forfeit some amazing God opportunities in your life? Like, we don't want that, right? So, so then the issue is how do I see my blind spots? How do I recognize the words, the, the thought life that's going on? How do I see it for what it is and deal with it? How do I know what I don't know? How, how can I know what I don't know, right? So a couple thoughts on that one. Number one... We need to know the Word of God enough to compare what's in our head with what's in God's Word. And if there is a conflict, I'm going to go ahead and promise you God's Word is going to be right every time. This, this is why David says in Psalm 139, by the way, Psalm 139 is, is mind-numbing uh, in its scope. And, and next, those of you who are just here for our series, chapter and verse, we're going to do that again next year. And Psalm 139 is going to be there. I can promise you that, all right? But here's what David says. David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my, what? My anxious thoughts. Do you have anxious thoughts sometimes? Of course you do. See if there is any offensive way in me. See, I'm good about finding the offensive ways in everybody else, but David says, no, no, no. God, I need you to find the offensive ways in me, and then Lead me, lead me in the way everlasting. I went to China um, several years ago, my first mission trip as a student pastor. By the way, all student, future student pastors in the room, I believe there's probably five or six of you that are going to do that somewhere along the way. That's just my opinion, because uh, I believe God's going to raise up a lot of ministry people from this congregation. That's just my heart and hope, hope and my belief, especially in this section right over here. Okay, anyways. Don't take your first mission trip to China. <laughs> so I'm in China, and we go to this town called Shenzhen, which is where your iPhone is made, by the way. And there's a lot of stuff over there that looks awesome. Breitling watches and Rolex and, you know, Louis Vuitton. And then I get back, and I, I thought, man, I'm getting a smoking deal on this $4,000 Breitling watch. I don't know how you say I think it's Breitling. That's the way I've said I've never heard anybody say that word now. I could be saying it wrong. Anyways, I get home and I take it to the guy, to the jeweler, because it's like, it's not working. He goes, that's a fake. What? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? I gave him 100 bucks. I thought I was getting the deal of the century. It was a fake. But it takes an expert to know that it's fake, because he showed me a real one, because I took it to a Breitling store, and he's like, looks really similar, but it's not close when you break it down. I need... I need an outside opinion on my own thoughts sometimes. Some, someone who can see me in ways I can't see myself because of blind spots, who will be honest with me. Am I being negative? Am I being fearful? Do you hear me saying and, and doing things? Uh, you know, because I, I, I can only see me through my own lens. And sometimes that's a, a skewed lens. What do you see in me that I might be missing in myself? David starts with God, search me. But I promise you, when God wasn't able to get through to David, he sent the prophet Nathan and said, listen, bro, you're jacking this all up. And, and he tells him this story. And the story is about this dude who rips a bunch of people off, hurts this poor guy, steals his only lamb. And he says, hey, bro, you're the man. Not like you're the man, but you're the dude who did this. 
God has a way. And so I have a couple of friends in my life. One's name is Wayne Francis. Another one's name is Russ Cripps. And they have permission. Other people do as well, but they're the ones that take me up on it to call me out um, when I'm wrong. And sometimes it hurts. Wayne once told me, dude, you're not a very good friend. And I'm on the phone. He lives in New York, and I live here. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm not a good friend? He's like, every time I talk to you, dude, you just want to talk business. Like, I just want to, t- I want to talk about the walking dead sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't know the walking dead. Should I know the walking dead? What is the walking dead? He's like, we don't ever just like, you like, I always want to jump into business, man. You always want to tell me what's up. And, and I'm like, he's like, you got you to gotta get, and he said, this is how he said it. He said, you got to get your friendship game, yo. <laughs> you got to up your friendship game, yo. That's what he said. And I didn't know what, I didn't even know what yo meant. So now. <laughs> So I say it now because Wayne's super cool and I'm not, you know. Anyways, stuff that was hurting my friendship game, yo, I didn't even know it. (laughs) I need God's help, but I also need the help of his word and my wise friends uh, who will come and, and, and give me what I need to hear when I'm wrong. And they do it more times than I like. The next thing is I'm going to encourage you. This is all under point one, but I'm going to go faster, I promise, after this point one. Think about what you're thinking about. Now, that sounds crazy, right? But have you ever stopped as you're, because I promise you there's a bunch of science that says we talk to ourselves more than anybody else does to us. Do you consider what it is that you're saying? Do you ever say, I wonder if this is right, because you usually just assume your thought and your opinions are right. Right, because that's coming out of your brain. But have you ever thought, started to think as you're thinking bad thoughts about that person? But what if it's you? So, think about what you're thinking about. Why am I dwelling on this? Why am I playing this out over and over? Why am I analyzing this? Why am I feeding this fear? Why am I feeding this insecurity? Look at the effect that your internal dialogue is having on you. It may be limiting your life because there is limiting language and there is limiting beliefs that have serious power in your life. By the way, when you get home tomorrow or tonight, Google limiting beliefs. Just go read all the scientific articles about that, right? So, so questions to ask uh, when you're thinking about what you're thinking about. Because of what I'm thinking about, am I, is it making me confused or is it clearing things up? Is that a good question to ask yourself? Is it making me stronger or is it weakening me on some level? Is it making me worried or is it calming my fears? Right? That's why David says, know my anxious thoughts in Psalm 139. Is, is, it, is it making me discouraged or am I getting confident as a result of what I'm dwelling on? Is it making me angry or is it making me joyful? Paul says, hey, if there's virtue, if it's noble, think on these things, right? He lists all these things. Is, is what you're thinking about, is it making you crazy <laughs> or is it making you go, yes, thank you, Lord, for that thought in my head? These questions can help you, number one, recognize wrong thoughts. Number two, capture and then reject wrong thoughts. So in other words, any thought that when you compare it to God's word is inconsistent, um, you throw it out. We can't allow that to continue working on in our brains because the longer it stays in our brains, the more likely it will have affect us. And listen to me, a lie believed as truth will affect you as though it's true. You believe a lie and start to think, well, it's, 
It'll start to affect you. Even though you're believing a lie, it'll affect you, though it's true. This is why 2 Corinthians 10.5, it's 2 Corinthians, by the way. I'm back to it. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So anything that is not of God, we, we have permission to demolish it. And what do we do with it? We take it captive. What do we take captive? Every thought. And what do we do with it? We make it obedient to Christ. Anything that is outside of God's truth, we grab it, we take it captive, and sometimes it's elusive because I've tried to do this sometimes. Like, not going to think about it anymore. Oh, not, now I'm not going to think about it anymore. God, I make it obedient to you now. I mean, and then it comes back up in my head again, and I have to wrestle with it. And you're like, he's really crazy. <laughs> this is what this has, has it works, right? We, we, do, we don't allow any thought that is inconsistent with God's word to live on in our minds. Now, some of you have been here um, for a long time, and so you've seen this little clip that I'm about to show you. Uh, I'm going to have our friend Andy Sandberg uh, help us with what to do with the wrong thoughts. Y'all ready for this? Check it out real quick. I just ruined the whole sermon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, that's what we do. That's what Paul meant in 2 Corinthians right there. <laughs> Throw it on the ground. Now you know what to do with all those negative thoughts inside your head. You throw it on the ground. Anyways, I'm going to preach on here. Think about, think about the inner dialogue that we all engage in. For many of us, it looks like, insecurity that we're constantly wrestling with that looks like measuring ourselves up especially with social media against other people's lives and their success and other situations and feeling like we can't measure up but that kind of negative self-defeating talk isn't what God has called us to that's not from God amen somebody he, he calls us to live an overcoming life and I think I think he equips us to that end like he's not going hey overcome and do it on your own no no he comes alongside of us so, some of us 
have grown up in, frankly, in a very negative family environment. Maybe we're engaging then in just the learned behavior that was represented to us in our childhood. And, and, and it feels like, well, this is just the way my, my dad was or my mom was or my family was. But it doesn't have to be your story, right? We have control over how we think, over how we live our lives. But some of us are just battling with thoughts like, I'll never be good with money. You know, I spend and I spend and, and, and I have money and then, oops, where did it go? And it's gone. I don't know, I don't know how to budget. By the way, uh, Dave's here tonight. Dave Howell, he's back from his trip. Uh, Dave did an amazing job with Pastor Andy a couple of weeks ago uh, on, on how to battle debt and how to defeat debt in your life. And he signed, a bunch of people came and talked to him. If, that's, if, if, if money's your st stuff, listen to me. We got an expert right here, and he, he, he will gladly help you. So, but, but, but a lot of us are like, well, I'll, I'll never get it right. I, you know, I've always been this way. My family was all this way. I, I'm trapped trapped in a debtor's mentality and lifestyle. I, I, I can't lose weight. I, I can't exercise. I can't, I can't, I can't. But every time you make an I can't statement, it's forming something inside of your heart. It's forming something inside of your head. I know you may have never been able to in the past, but that doesn't need to be the way that you frame stuff. So you throw that on the ground. So you got to say it right. Some, some of you struggle in the area of relationships. You're like, I've trusted people. They've burned me, so I, don't, I stopped trusting. And every relationship in my life has been trouble and failed. And, and, and all I know is failed relationships. I'm not sure real relationships that last, uh, 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 can last for me. I, I don't know how to get close to people. You, you just have to take that and you throw it on the ground. Some of you are not going to play with me tonight. I can feel it. You're like, I'm not doing that. Just like a hot dog or a piece of cake from a little kid, you gotta, you got to throw it on the ground. Like, I don't care if it's an addiction. Like, some of us are addicted to chemicals. Some of us, are, it's drugs or alcohol or pain medication. Could be that you smoke and you don't want to. Cigarettes or some weed or crayons. Like, I don't know what you're smoking, right? It, it could be anything. Could be that you, you, you dip or you're addicted to caffeine, that like $5 drink at the expensive drink store. I'm not trying to throw any stores under the bus because I, I like those places. Anyways, I, I'm trying to get away from it. I'm stuck like that. Reject that thought. Demolish it, Paul says, and throw it on the ground. Now we're getting somewhere. I can't change. Capture that because it's not true. You can change by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can change. And so you have to capture that. And whenever your mind says, I cannot overcome this addiction, capture that. I cannot stop this habit, capture that. I cannot start this business, capture that. Well, this is just the way. No, 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 capture that. Make it obedient to Christ. There is no hope. This is just capture that thought and throw it on the, one more time, ground. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Third, so we recognize wrong thoughts. We reject wrong thoughts, and then we replace the wrong thoughts. We replace them. Many of us have, and I have, my wife will call me out on this sometimes, my friends will call me out on this sometimes, we have limiting beliefs, which are in essence mental constraints that we put on ourselves. These thoughts, these beliefs become things, they take on life of their own. It's true, it's plain and simple. So, so the remedy, at least one of them for bad thinking is what? Good thinking, God thinking, 
You replace negative talk with positive. We replace the negative thoughts and negative words and negative limiting thoughts with good ones. And, and, and I've said this over and over again, but words have power. This is why the, the Solomon said in Proverbs 18, 21, that the tongue has the power of life and of death. This is true, right? This is not just a saying. This is literally true, that our words have life in them or they have death in them. That's why it's so important as a mom or as a dad that when we're tired or when we're, we're angry or at, at life or work or whatever, that we don't use our words to take it out on our kids. And I've been guilty, trust me. I've been guilty. But those words can either have a little bit of life in them or they can have a little bit of death in them. And you choose that. And so what we do is we capture those wrong thoughts. And all of a sudden, when we say, God, I'm going to need your help here, by the, the power of God, as he begins to renew our mind, Romans 12, 2, right? And, and we release those right words, and we, we, we replace the negative words with, 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 with right words, things change. Let me, let me give you an example of how we do this in a negative sense. Have you ever... Have you ever been praying, God, I, I need your help with this thing? I, I, I need, and, and you're praying about something that's bothering you or hurting you or, or that's troubling you, and you say, God, I need you to do this thing for me, God. I believe, I believe that you can do this thing. I have faith, God. I believe you can change this person. I believe you can change this situation, and I know that you can, and I believe that you can. And then you walk out of that prayer meeting, right, and, and, and your faith is rising, and you feel fired up, and then you start talking with a friend about the situation that you just prayed in faith about. And you start saying stuff like, I'm, I'm praying about it, but, you know, I just, I don't know if that person can change. I'm praying about this thing, but I don't know how it could turn around. I'm praying about this thing, but, and then you talk yourself right back into the, the, the doubt and the funk that you walked in with when you're in your prayer time. And you do that like four minutes after you just told God, I believe you can, and now you're like, I don't know how you, you can. And you take, you went from fear to faith and then back to fear and doubt all in five minutes. Is it just me that does this? Yes, apparently it is. And here's one day, one day I was doing this, I just prayed, and I like to, if those of you come on Wednesday morning, all four of us that pray over here on Wednesday morning, I pray right over there and sometimes I'll walk right back out and, and then I, one day I realized I'm praying in faith to God but what the words that I'm praying in faith to God need to agree with the words I speak to other people. The words that I pray to God need to agree with the self-word, the self-talk that's going on in my own head. I can't say one thing to God and then totally oppose what I just said to God to my friends and my family because I don't believe God will ever answer a prayer like that. He'll never change the situation in my life until my words to him agree with the words that I speak to other people. I have to replace wrong thoughts, wrong words by, re by releasing the right words. So when I catch myself in, in, in saying the wrong things, and I, I'm learning to catch myself now, I have this thing right here, and I've been having this thing for about 10 years now. This is a book called Sun Stand Still, and it has 12 audacious faith confessions. And so and when before the other staff members get there early in the morning, sometimes I'm beating them there. I'm walking around this room going, I am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. I will, I will act in audacious faith to change the world in my generation. I have no fear or anxiety because I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm able to fulfill the calling. God has placed on my life, and there's verses under each one of these. I'm fully resourced to do everything God has called me to do. Every time I look at that building that's going up over there, I'm like, woohoo! Oh, dear God, how are we going to pay for it? 
That's exactly what happens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am fully resourced to do everything God has called me to do. I have no insecurity because I see myself the way God sees me. And these are faith declarations. They may not be true of me yet, but I'm speaking them to life by, by saying them in faith. I have no insecurity. I'm a faithful spouse. If you're single, you can say future spouse. I'm a godly parent. Our family is blessed. I'm completely whole physically, mentally, and emotionally. I'm increasing in influence and favor for the kingdom of God. I'm an able to walk in the sacrificial love of Christ. I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision I make, and I am protected from all harm and all evil in Jesus' name. And this is what I say. This is what I say. This is what I say. And I'm telling you, every single time I do that, I might start going, well, I'm fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. But by the time I get to 12, I'm like, "Woo! come on, man. I don't even know what I just did right there, but that's how I feel when I'm done boldly declaring God's word over my life. <laughs> that was a really weird thing I just did right there. <laughs> Psalm 19, the psalmist says, May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? Think about that. Are my words agreeing? Are my thoughts agreeing with what God says? Or am I a prisoner locked by deception? Question, what are you feeding your mind? Oh, I'm watching all these cool shows. I mean, they're, they're very popular in the culture, and they're really good, and uh, they're funny. And they're, Is it feeding your soul, or is it putting you in a hole? That's a bumper sticker right there. <laughs> Hashtag, Danny said that. Anyways. I don't even know, it might be bad to say whatever I just said. <laughs> Philippians 4, 4, 8, Paul says this. He's writing this, listen to me now. He's writing this from prison, awaiting a possible execution. And here's what he says. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what do you do? You think about such things. You capture the wrong stuff and you replace them with this. And listen to me, I need to be done. Somebody can come back to the keys, pretend like I'm about to end. <laughs> I am going to end. Can I just get real with some of you guys? This piece of paper is bothering me, y'all. I'm hot too, but I have a stain right here. <laughs> so I can't take off my jacket. But I kind of just defeated the point. Let me just tell you this. Some of you had a script written on your heart when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, 6, some parent told you you were a mistake. Some teacher said, you're not very smart. So, some some well-meaning maybe individual said, listen, I don't, I don't think you should dream that kind of a dream. I don't think that's ever going to happen in your life. And some people have said, you're a mistake, or you're no good, or I wish you were never born. I wish I never had you. And this is this, and you're like, who could do that? It happens to people all the time. Some of you have had words like that spoken over your life. And here's the voice of the Lord saying to you, you can rewrite the script if you put the pen in my hands. The pen, you can overwrite what's been said over you because some of you have had curses placed on your life, for real, curses placed on your life, and you need to hear the voice of God instead of that voice from your dad or that friend or that teacher or that brother or that sister, and you, can, you replace it with this is, I know what you said over me, and I know it's had an impact for me all my life, but this is what God says about me, and God's word is the trump card. 
Some of you need to hear a better word. Some of you need to rewrite the script from what's been said over you. And lastly, you need to retrain your mind to think new and better thoughts. You think, well, this is just how it's always been. I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 40s, whatever it is, this is the way it's always been. You need to renew your mind, Paul says. You got to retrain it. But let me tell you how this works. You can't conquer this by willpower alone. You can't even conquer this with positive thinking. There is power in positive thinking, but it won't fix everything. Sometimes you're going to have to submit to God. Listen to me. You're going to have to submit to God to to, to win this battle. James, the little brother of Jesus, says this in James 4, verse 6. But he gives us more grace. And that is why scripture says God opposes, listen to me, you don't ever want to have God on the opposite team. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, resist his wrong thinking, and he will what? He will flee from you. Think about that. Come near to God, and what will he do? He will come. God, I've been thinking about this way a long time. I've been saying, and I didn't even realize by saying this, it was kind of a prideful thing to say. I I meant it as a sort of self-debasing thing, but it's actually a form of pride to say, I can't change, I can't fix this, I can't stop this. That's pride. Because you're saying, God, you're not good enough, you're not strong enough. God opposes that. But he gives more grace to those who say, so I surrender to you, and I'm going to take one step towards you tonight. And when he does that, he says, and he will come near to you. He says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's like, you just said, come near to me, and God will come near to you, and then wash your hands, you double-minded. You know why he has to do that? Because he knows that the first thing we're going to say is, yeah, but... I mean, I know that he gives grace, and I know that he'll come near, but I, no, no, no. Stop the double-minded. Stop disagreeing with the word of God. God gives more grace so that no matter how big of a mess this wrong thinking is done in your life, there's grace enough. Paul says that God said to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient you. You know what the word sufficient means? It just means enough. So that no matter how much is needed, guess what? There's always enough. You ever go to grandma's house back in the day and you're like, you brought eight friends that she didn't know you were going to have, but grandma was ready. <laughs> you bring eight friends over and you're like, man, I don't know if there's enough got any sada. There is if you go to grandma's house. If you go to Aunt Sally's, there's not enough, but grandma <laughs> has enough and God always has enough grace. And he gives more of it to people who say, I surrender. You have to surrender sometimes your will, your way of doing things. And Paul takes this a little further in First Corinthians, or in Colossians, rather, verse 20, uh, 129. He says, to this end, I labor struggling with all. Now notice this. This is so big. I, I labor struggling with all of whose energy? His energy, which so powerfully works in me. 
And when he says his, he's not talking about Paul's energy. He's saying, I struggle with all of his energy, which is working powerfully in me. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, which God said, hey, I, when I'm, I'm, Jesus said, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the promise, the Holy Spirit, the empowering agent who's going to help you do what you cannot do on your own. That's what's promised. And so here's what a lot of people do. You're right, Danny. So when I get home tonight, man, I'm going to try harder and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I got to get better. I got to work harder. If I was just more devoted, I could overcome this. And what you're saying is it's all about me. Now, at the under, other end of that extreme is well-meaning Christ follower who says, I prayed about it. Now God's got to do it. No effort, no labor, just doing the same old things, waiting on God to do all the works. The balance between those two extremes is it's me doing my part and it's his strength coming alongside of me doing what I cannot do on my own. It's not all me. It's not all him. It's all we. It's waiting for him. As, as, as waiting for him uh, he's waiting for us to call on him, but, but then by his power doing what he says. It's his power. It's his strength working in us while we do our best. It's not about salvation. We don't work for our salvation, but we work our salvation out. We work it out with him. It's like riding a bicycle and one side of it is up to me and the other side is up to God. And each time I'm climbing a hill, each time I'm growing in my faith, I'm doing my part and God's doing his part. I got to skip it. I got to skip it. I got to skip it. There's a difference between trying and praying and trying and surrendering. Some of us try and pray, but we never try and surrender. God, take it all, take everything. I'm praying, but I'm also at the end of my prayer time. I surrender it all, put it in your hands. I'm gonna still show up and do my part, but I'm trusting in your power, your strength to get it done, and I believe your word. I gotta finish. He is everything that you've got, and he has everything that you don't have, that's what he brings to the equation. So your spiritual enemy will say, you can't change. This is just the way you are. No, no, no. Christ has opened the door. You no longer are a prisoner captured by wrong thoughts. You release the right words. You surrender to his power. You submit and win. And you can't just give in and say, this is the way I am. You have the power in Jesus' name to win. Amen, somebody? So today is the day. This is it. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And those of you who have been locked up as a prisoner of your thoughts, today you can walk out of here a free man or free woman by the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Amen, somebody? Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask our band to come. We're going we're gonna to finish. Now, those of you who are used to First Wednesday where we finished in 58 minutes, this isn't First Wednesday. We're going a few minutes longer. If you have to leave, you may. If you don't want to miss a great God moment, you might want to stay. If you want to throw your phone on the ground, I threw it on the ground. I want to pray with you. Would you pray with me for a moment? And, and listen to me. Those of you who would say, yeah, that's me. Matter of fact, no, nobody looking around. Just a minute. How many of you would say regularly it's 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 limiting thoughts, it's insecurity, it's negativity, 
it's fear, it's anxiousness that's come into your life, even maybe even right now, would you just be bold enough to raise your hands? Yeah, a lot of hands. So Lord Jesus, in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, it's not in my name, Lord. I don't stand up here in my name. There's no power in my name. But all power in heaven and on earth has been placed in the name of Jesus Christ. That, that, that at the name of Jesus, at the end of it all, every knee bows, every tongue confesses. And the Bible says that the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. So right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we take captive every thought, every imagination, Every, every wrong and negative and fearful thing, everything that's holding us back, all the ways in which we are getting this wrong. Lord, in my own life, I open my hands and I say, Lord, I surrender my thoughts to you. I surrender my past to you. I surrender, Lord. I've tried to, to, to by my own strength, to wrestle this through, but it's not happening because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spiritual powers and and, and strongholds in our lives. And Lord, by the power of the name of Jesus, God, we take authority over these in Jesus' name. God, we will walk free from this place. We will walk free from this place. God, I hear chains dropping off of people right here in this place right now because they're, gonna, they're, they're speaking a better word. They're speaking a better word over their hearts. God, they're rewriting the script, Lord. The, the, the curses that have been placed on the words that people said about them when they were little bitty kids that have stuck in their heart God, we rewrite the script. I take the pen out of my own hand. Lord, I place it in your hand. Would you write the rest of my story, Lord Jesus? I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. God, would you do in our hearts and our lives what only you can do? God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to wrestle against those thoughts. I'm going I'm I'm to take them captive. God, I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go old school. I'm going to throw them on the ground. God, you're going to help me. You're going to give me grace, more grace. As I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, you're going to give me more grace. I wash my hands tonight, Lord. If you see any wicked way in me, God, if there's anything in my heart, God, forgive me. Matter of fact, many of us need to do that right now. Lord, I repent, God, of wrong thinking. I repent of negative thinking. I repent of fearful thinking. I repent, God, because when I've had these fearful thoughts, it's me putting faith in the enemy. It's put me putting faith in the wrong things. And tonight, I take my faith out of his hands and I put it in you. I put my faith and my hope and my trust in you and I repent over wrong. I wash my hands from my double-minded ways, oh God. The times when I prayed in faith and walked out and spoke a different thing, God, forgive me of that. Cleanse me, I pray. In Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.